series on pride. Because as we grow in church and we grow in what we're doing, sometimes it seems like ourselves get in the way. Sometimes when we grow as fathers and mothers and in our marriages and on our jobs, we can let ourselves get in the way. God wants us to let him get in the way, amen? Who hears me this morning, amen? So I'm going to speak to you this morning on the subject, the problem of pride. How many know that pride is a problem? Now let's be honest this morning. How many have a problem with pride? Raise your hand. Amen. I'm going to be talking to you this morning, but I'm going to especially be talking to those that did not raise their hand this morning because they have a bigger problem than they know. The problem of pride is sending more people to hell today than any other sin on the planet. In all seriousness, pride is a problem that we all wrestle with. Those who think they don't have a problem with pride are probably the one that has the biggest problem with pride. Proverbs 16, got my Bible? Bible. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Let's read that together. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. This is a very dangerous sin in my estimation, Brother Lyle, the sin of pride. The sin of pride is stopping revival in America today. The sin of pride is stopping men and women becoming, from becoming godly in their character and their walk with Jesus Christ. Pride is doing more to hold back revival. It's doing more to destroy homes and ruin families. It's causing Christians to live in failure and defeat. And it's filling hell faster than any other sin on the planet. Adrian Rogers said one time, you want to see people fall off the cliff to hell? It's because they got too much pride. You see, there's a difference between being proud of who you're becoming. There's a difference between being proud of your accomplishments and being prideful and thinking it was you. Because you can't do a thing without Jesus. Cooper, will you play with me just a little bit so I can get like a little more pitch out of my, out of my volume? I, frankly, it's the sin of pride. Pride is a deceitful sin. Many people who are affected and infested with pride have no idea they're infected with it. Anybody ever met somebody like that? They turn their nose up at you. They act like they're better than you. They act like they're the only one that can. They act like they rope better. They ride bulls better. They talk better. One time, a girl told me one time, said, Pastor Mark, I, I, I wish you could pronounce those words in the Bible. I said, well, I wish I could too, but I can't. <laughs> I, I, I told an elder, I said, man, this girl said I, 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 she wished I could pronounce them big names in the church, in the Bible, and she wanted me to start doing that in church. He said, you'd be the only one that understood them. As a matter of fact, the proud person is awesome. also the person who always says they got the most humility. They walk around and say, oh, I'm humble, I'm humble, I'm humble, I'm meek, I'm meek, I'm meek. Well, let me say this with being humble and meek, you ain't got to say nothing. It shows in your character. It shows in your growth in Jesus Christ. You ain't got to go around and flash. 
because God will put the spotlight on you. Brother Vic told me when I first met him, he said, if you do it right, enough other people will brag on you. You don't have to brag on yourself. What is pride? Let's cover that real quick. What is pride? Pride is the attitude of an independence from God. Pride is saying, I don't need God. I'm the best mechanic in the world. Pride says, I don't need God. I'm the best Sunday school teacher in the world. Pride says, look, woman, I don't need you. I can do this on my own. Pride says, look, man, you lucky I chose you. Pride says, you know what? You can do it better. You're greater. Let me say this. You can't do a single thing without Jesus Christ. Pride is an attitude of independence from God. Do you know why people don't pray today? You know why we got government leaders and presidents and uh, of nations, not just ours, but around the world, why they don't pray anymore today? Prayerless is not the great problem. The great problem is they don't feel like they need to pray. I talked to a guy the other day. He said, I, I don't feel like I need to pray. God knows what I want. God knows what I need. Let me say this. You need to open your mouth up and ask for it. Bible says keep on asking keep on seeking keep on knocking don't just assume you're going to be blessed because you're so great because I got a news flash for you today you ain't that great none of us are all that great the Lord says that there is none without sin I, I was talking to a great friend of mine somebody I looked up to the other day he joined the church his pastor is preaching that once you get saved you never sin no more what I want to go to that church We all sin. We all fall short of the glory. We all make mistakes. We all judge. We all do things. The problem with that is is saying it's okay too. Because when you start making uh, 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 comments about your shortcomings, you're not allowed God to get in there where we're short a lot of times. That makes sense? Easy to understand but hard to swallow? Pride is an attitude of independence from God. Do you know why people don't pray? Prayerness is not the problem. The great problem is they don't feel like they need to pray. If you're wrestling with things in your life today and you're not praying about it, what you're really saying is, I can handle it. How many, listen, be honest this morning, how many have actually gave problems to God but then picked them back up again? Because you didn't think God could handle them? You know, we let our problems, when we take them to God in prayer, He says, give me all your burdens. I'll make it lighter on you. But our pride says, we can do it. We're going to work through it. We're going to do it. I've been there. I've done that. I got the t-shirt, Cowboy Church. Some things I've just had to turn over to God. When I see somebody heading down a wrong road, and I go to them, and I try to talk to them, and I try to talk to them, and I try to talk to them, I throw my hands up in the air and say, God, I'm not getting through to them. It can only be you that can get to them. There was a lady who used to go to my church all the time. Every Sunday she had an issue. Every, every Sunday there was a problem. She had stuff going on in her life. She had the wrong men in her life. She had the wrong things she was allowing to come into her life. And I talked to her 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks. Finally I said, I don't think I'm her pastor because she ain't listening to me. She'd go to other churches and she'd tell them all her problems. When she got the, They were all telling the truth. You need Jesus. The truth is we all need Jesus. And we need him for everything. He is such a brother to a friend, a father. If you're wrestling with a prayerless life, what you're really wrestling with is pride. 
Pride is putting oneself above other people. Can I say this to you? I struggled with that for a lot of years, thinking I was better than everybody else, acting like I was better than everybody else. Now, y'all looking at me like y'all never did that. But ladies, I see how you look down on other ladies sometimes. Me and I see how you act around other people who don't drive a certain truck. Pride is something that's sending more people to hell than any other sin in the world. Can I say this? When we get to heaven, we ain't going to have no pride. So you might as well get rid of it this morning in this church. Hallelujah. Below, or let me say this to you. Below are a lot of people that are being sent to hell. This is what a proud person looks like. A proud person becomes irritated when they're corrected. Do you ever come irritated when somebody corrects you? You feel like you're always right, like you're the only one that can say anything, you're the only one. If you're always, hey, listen, I hope to God this steps on. As we grow this church and we make it all about Jesus and make it nothing about us, come on, somebody, get with me. When we make it all about Jesus, if somebody has a better way of doing something than you have, then just keep your mouth shut, pray, go along with it, and if it ain't right, show them what you got. Tell them, hey, this may be a better way, but to argue Come on, somebody, listen to me. To argue all the time. Let me ask you, do you do that? Every time somebody tries to say something, maybe your wife tries to say something to you about something, and you think she's nagging on you. No, she just wants a better husband. She wants you to get closer to God. Wives, do you think your husband's always griping, 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 griping about this, griping about that? Maybe he's not, and you're just taking it the wrong way. Listen to me. A proud person becomes irritated when people correct them i'm not always right i'm not always right mary has to tell me sometimes she has to raise her voice to tell me sometimes it takes me going down the wrong road to understand she was right in the first place even as the pastor of this church there may be a better way and somebody comes with me with the right heart i'll listen to it but if somebody comes out to me and says, you're doing it all wrong, you're doing it, you know what, I ain't trying to hear that. A proud person accepts praises for something that they have no control over. How many of y'all do that? Your job's going good, your life's going good, and you start saying, I did this and I did that. You have no control over what you do. The band is practicing. They're working it out. They're amazing. They ought to be proud of what they're doing. Come on, somebody, give the band a round of applause. I'm not going to take any credit for what they're doing. They're putting in the time. They're putting in the, the effort. They're coming up here two or three times a week making things happen, and they're practicing at home. I'm not taking no credit for what they're doing, but so many people try to stand on top of the mountain. And push people off so that they can be center of the attention. I try to lead my people from behind. I push you. That's what I do. I don't get up in front and run ahead and say, follow me. No, I lead you from behind. I've been a cowboy all my life. If I move cattle, I don't get out in front of them and say, follow me. No, I push them from behind. I push you from behind. The Bible says if you want to be first, you got to be last. There are a lot of times our flesh gets in the way, though, when somebody, when you feel like you're up for a promotion and, and you didn't get that promotion and you get mad and you quit that job. That makes no sense to me. Maybe God's got something better 
out there for you. But if you get ahead in God, you throw a I was going to say act like a titty baby, but I didn't know if I could say that in church. But if you act like a, 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 a child and you get mad and you quit your job, oh, somebody's looking away because that just happened to you. You get mad, throw a fit, quit your job. That's what the devil wants you to do. Maybe you got passed up for the promotion, but let me say this. With God, if you'll take it to him in prayer, instead of being pride and sticking your chest out, God will allow the light to shine on you. And one day, not your day, but one day, God will make you the head and not the tail. A prideful person says, I don't make any mistakes. I'm perfect just the way I am. I had a video for that too, but I wanted to play the Rob Schmitz video first. A prideful person says, I'm perfect. I don't make any mistakes. I don't need any help. I can do it all by myself. That's a lie from the devil. That's where, that's where Eve got trapped. Satan told her, said, take a bite of this apple and you'll be just like God. You won't even need him. I need his help, folks. Do you need his help? I need his help staying sober. I need his help staying under control. Yesterday, I wanted to pull out my ninja suit and go off on some folks. But it don't fit me anymore. Pride will not admit that we made mistakes. Pride, listen to me this morning. Pride refuses to take counsel from somebody. Mike, uh, Cooper, will you turn me up a little bit? Pride refuses to take counsel from anybody. They don't listen. Are you hard-headed? Are you that person that God is talking to this morning? That you don't take counsel from anybody? You don't listen? Somebody tries to tell you something, just like the woman that had the wrong man in her life. She was sleeping with him. She wasn't married. She was headed down the wrong road. He was talking her into going into the bar. She'd done been in church for eight months. She had no business going back to the bar. I tried to counsel her, but she wouldn't take wise counsel. She knew everything. Are you a know-it-all? Touch three people and say, don't be a know-it-all. Pride refuses, pride refuses to take counsel and to learn from other people. Pride often shows himself up in competition with other people. I'm very competitive. How many are very competitive? Raise your hand. Pride always shows up when it's competition. I hate that sometimes, especially at church. When we line up to play a volleyball game, I want everybody picked at the same time. But we line everybody up on the buck and shoots and say we're finna play volleyball. We say we'll take you, Rayford, you're 18 foot tall. And we'll take you, Justin Grimes. And we'll take you, and we'll take you. And then there's somebody left on the deal, and they say, well, y'all can have them. Because you're so competitive, you're so competitive, you just broke that person's heart. What we do around here is usually let the least athlete do the picking. We usually around here either pick them first or let them do the picking. That way they're first and not last. 
They might be bullied at school. They might be picked on in the world. But we let them be first and not be last. Pride does not want more. Pride wants what somebody else has. Are you jealous about what somebody else has? Are you jealous about their house? Are you jealous about their car? Are you jealous about their family or their kids? Pride wants what somebody else has. I don't want what anybody else has, but I want all that God has for me. I told Mary, if I ever get me another church, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy me a 68 Ford pickup. I'm going to beat it with a bat. I'm going to knock all the windows out of it, and I'm going to drive it to my new church on Sunday morning with glass and wind, and, 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 and if it rains, I'm going to show up. I'm going to look pathetic, and, I, and, I, and they're going to say, here comes our poor little preacher. God has been good to me because I have been faithful to God. But if I show up in a car, I show up in a truck, here comes the haters. Oh, look what he's got. Look what she's got. Look where they live. A prideful person always wants what everybody else has. They never can see the beauty of what they have. I heard of a guy one time, he went for man of the year. He, he got the award, he was man of the year. And as he went to get his suit, he was ugly to the lady who gave him the suit. He went to a restaurant, he talked down to the servants before he came to the show. And, he, and there was an old man that was stuck in traffic and his hood was up. And the man of the year drove by and cussed him out and hollered, Get out of the way, you old turd! And they just kept on yelling and screaming and hollering. He got all the way up there, he got ready for his man of the year award. And guess who gave it to him? The old man. The servant at the restaurant. The lady at the cleaners. We got to be careful with our attitude. Because you never know when God's going to put us on blast. We got to be careful with our attitude. We got to put our pride in check. We got to give that to God this morning. Does anybody hear me this morning? Because you never know when God is going to put you up front of something. Five ways. This is going to be our Bible study for the next few weeks. Five ways, if you're taking notes, pride ruins and devastates lives. We're not going to cover all these probably in today, but I'm going to try to get through one. Pride defiles God. Hear me this morning. Proverbs 6, 16. You got that, Cooper? I lost my sound, guys. Are you there? Will you flip that one? Oh, Pop, man, you won the head of me. Keep your head up where I can see you, boy. Proverbs 16. Proverbs 6, 16. Pride defies God. Listen to me. I'm going to read it to you. Proverbs 6, 16. Six things. These six things does the Lord hate, and seven are an abomination unto him. Number one, a proud look, a lying tongue, a hand that sheds innocent blood, a heart that devises wickedness, feet that be swift to run to mischievous, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that soweth discord amongst his brethren. Pride defiles God, cowboy church. What are you saying to me in English, cowboy? Pride is like you're shaking your fist in front of God's face, saying, I don't need you, God. Pride defiles God. 
It's like saying, God, I don't need you for this. I got this. Pride is a fish shaken in God's face. In the book of Proverbs, it talks about the things that the Lord hates. And number one on God's hate parade is a proud look. Somebody that looks down on other people. Can I say that to you? Never look down on somebody else because you might be that person down. Does anybody hear me today? Never look down on somebody else's situation. Just be in prayer for them. Try to help them up. A couple of weeks ago, we were. I'm going to brag on my wife for a minute. I'm proud of who she's become. A couple of weeks ago, we went to dinner after Mother's Day, and I had gave all the ladies in the church a rose. There was a lady crossing the street with a bag and a shopping cart, and Miss Mary said, Baby, pull over. I want to go give this lady my rose. Mary went up, and she said, Ma'am, do you have any children? She said, I do. I have a daughter. I hadn't seen her in a long time. Mary said, I want to give you my rose. Happy Mother's Day to you. And Mary said, what is your name? And she said, my name is Mary. It could have been on the other foot. Never look down. I just got goosebumps telling you that. Never look down on somebody else. Because you could be flip-flopped in a year. God could look at you and say, oh, yeah, you act that way. I'm going to take you all the way to the bottom. A proud look looking down on somebody else. For years, I had trouble as the pastor of Caney Creek Cowboy Church. All the other pastors in the community always stuck their nose up at me. We were growing. We were doing great things, and I wanted to fellowship with them and talk with them and be a part of what they were doing, but I was a joke. We were a cult. We've been called a lot of things. You know where they're at today? They're coming and saying, how do you do that, Pastor Mark? What do you do, Pastor Mark, to get those people there? Pastor Mark, can you tell me how you do this? I didn't look down on them when they were looking down on me. I prayed for them, and now we're friends. Why does God hate pride? I want you to listen because you're going to learn something this morning. Why does God hate pride so much? Friends, listen to me. Pride is what created the devil. Why does God hate pride so much? Because pride is what created the devil. Say that with me. Pride is what created the devil. Say it again. Pride is what created the devil. So if you get prideful, it is what created the devil. Friends, listen to me. It was pride that turned Lucifer, son of the morning, into Satan, father of the night. The national religion of Satan's kingdom and his followers is pride. That's what Satan's kingdom is built on. No wonder pride is an abomination to the Lord. No wonder the, the, that God hates pride because Satan said, Satan said, hey, listen, I'm not, he was son of the morning. He was beautiful. Lucifer was beautiful. He was the prettiest angel of all times. And he sang. Like, listen to me, some of you that sing and play. He sang and played more beautiful than any other person. God had really blessed Lucifer. And then he turned on God and wanted people to worship him. And God kicked him right out of heaven. He went from son of the morning, the beautifulest angel, to the angel of dark. Pride is what caused Lucifer to fall. Don't let it cause you to fall, Miss Linda Biggs. 
Don't let it cause any of you to fall in this church. You were good standings with your church. You were on your way. You were, and somebody stepped on your toes. You didn't like this. You didn't like that. And then you stuck your chest out, and you'll be just like Satan. You'll fall flat on your face. You know what? I baptized 4,800 people. I don't know where they all are, but I've lost a lot of them to pride. Don't let pride get you. Don't let it get your marriage. Don't let it get your relationship with God. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you letting on. Pride will destroy you. Friends, I said that we were going to stay in Proverbs, but here's what the Scripture says we can't pass. Look with me in 1 Peter 5, 5. Got my Bible? Turn there real fast. Hold your place in Proverbs, but look there real fast. 1 Peter 5, 5. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Say amen. 1 Peter 5, 5. It says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Say that with me. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now grace is both the desire and the ability to be in the will of God. And we all need grace. Touch three people and say, you need grace, brother. It's not merely that God does not help the proud, but God lines himself up. Listen to me. It says that God resists the proud. Let me have all you teenagers, kids, come here. Hurry. Come on. Come on. Hurry. All of you. Come on. Come on. Come on. All of you. Come on. Come up here with me. Hurry, y'all too slow for me. Come on. Hurry up. Come on. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Come on. Look, pay attention. Come here. Line up side by side. 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 In the front. In the front. In the front. Come on. In the front. Any more teenagers? Come on. Help me. In the front. Anybody want to help me? Line up. Line up. Line up. Line up, line up, line up, line up, line up around him, behind her, right here, right here. Come on, hurry right over here, this way, hurry, hurry. Give our kids a round of applause, amen. You be in the front, you be on the side of it. Richard, you got a beard thing going. You stand up and you play God. Come on, right here. On the other side, other side. Take your hat off. You stand behind the kids. Watch this illustration. Sam, come here. The Bible just said, and I just showed you that God resists the proud, the prideful people, those people who are arrogant. God resists. You play God. You play his angels. You try to send a prayer to God by going through these kids. You kids, don't let his prayer get through. Go. Don't let his prayer get through. God resists the proud. Y'all go sit down. Give him a round of applause. So in battle formation, listen, in battle formation, God lines up his angels and was resist 
the proud. He will not let your prayers in. He will not let you be blessed. He will not let you come into heaven. Say that with me. Come into heaven. He will not let you come into heaven because the Bible does not lie. It says that he resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. I'm going to stop there today. But he gives grace to the humble. God, man, what a great illustration. Sam, he's, he, he's 25, 26 years old. All these kids, you think he could have got through them? No way, shape, or form. If you're living wrong and you're full of pride, there's no way you can get to heaven. There's only one way. And that's to swallow your pride and say, I need your help, God. Amen. You know, I was thinking about it. Listen to me. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, grace is what we need. We all need grace. But grace and pride, Mary, are antithetical. They can't go together. You can't have grace and pride at the same time. It don't work that way. You're either all in with God or you're all out with God. You can't have it both ways. It never works that way. Both grace and pride are antithetical and God resists the proud. It not merely means that God does not help the proud. God will not help the proud. God lines himself up in battle formation against the proud. God resists the proud until they humble themselves. Let me ask you this morning. Do you want God to resist you? Really, let's get serious a minute. Do you want God to resist you? Not this cowboy. Let me tell you what happened to me yesterday. And I'm done. Cooper, turn me up a little bit. I'm losing my voice. Yesterday, I decided to go get a haircut. My wife told me I was looking like Fonzie, and I was too old to look like Fonzie. I said, but I can still hit that jukebox and make it come on, baby. So I was sitting around the house. Justin was at home, and we were talking. I said, you know what? I'm going to jump on my motorcycle, and I'm going to go get me a haircut. So I jumped on my motorcycle, and I rode to Cleveland, met a great man. He loved Jesus, cut my hair. We talked about Jesus. I gave him one of my CDs, said, listen to this. And I invited him to church. I was thinking over my message on pride, my series. I've been wanting to do this for three weeks, but we had Mother's Day. We had other things that we were embarking on. So this is a great time for you to learn, Miss B, because someone told me you were proud. No, I'm just kidding. I was talking to Joseph. It's a great day for you to learn, Ellen. Great day for me to learn. Lori, you, me, every one of us. So yesterday I jumped on my motorcycle and, I, and I, I wrote my message. I was feeling good about myself. I went and got a haircut. I just gave a guy a CD. I invited him to church. I said, you know what? I'm just going to treat myself to a Dairy Queen. So I pulled up to Dairy Queen yesterday. I got out, I went and ordered me an ice cream shake, a strawberry shake, small. <laughs> Promise for the Lord. There was a couple there, and they had a couple of kids. They had a horse trailer outside. They had horses in the trailer, and their kids looked like cowboy kids. So I got my shake, and I sat down at the booth, because it's hard to ride a Harley and drink a shake. 
I ain't got a cup holder yet. So I started to witness to those people and ask them where they'd been. They said, oh, we were in Livingston at a cowboy church down there. We were doing a play day. I said, that's awesome. I said, was it Mark Terry's church? And he said, oh, for sure it was. You know Mark? I said, yes, sir. I said, uh, he's in Polk County now doing good. He said, yes, sir, he is. He said, had a good play day. I said, yeah, he used to be the pastor of Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Now I'm the pastor of the Cowboy Church, and we do bell racing sometimes. I'd like you to come over and bring your kids to do some bell racing. Next words out of their mouth shocked me. I wasn't ready for them. They said, oh, we've been to that church before. That's the most unfriendliest place we've ever been in our entire life. They said, we came on a Wednesday night. Y'all were doing a potluck dinner, and no one spoke to us. Everybody gave us the cold shoulder. I said, are you sure I was there? Because they used to do a lot of uh, potlucks and things before I got there, but we may only do two a year on my watch. Before I got here, the philosophy was if we meet and we eating. I didn't like that philosophy. I, I was like, if we meet and we talking about Jesus. So, so I kind of changed it up a little bit when I got here. So we didn't really do a lot of that. She said, nope, it was you. Yep, yep, that was you. I was like, wow. And then from another booth over here, I heard, Candy Creek Cowboy Church, that pastor bought a car from me. And when he paid me, he cheated me out of a $100 bill. He said, I, 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 I never counted the money because he was a pastor, and he cheated me out of a $100 bill. I went from here, and I spun around to here, and I said, I'm that pastor that buys and sells cars. Did I buy a car? Yep, you're the one. You cheated me out of $100. I said, brother, I wouldn't cheat nobody. I said, if I gave you some money, it was counted. I said, why didn't you call me? He said, it's just water under the bridge. I said, it's just water under the bridge. I said, how long ago was that? He said, about five or six years ago. I said, brother, maybe one of them was stuck together. Maybe, maybe one of them blew away in the wind. Maybe something happened. But I promise you, I wouldn't cheat you. I wish you would have called me. He said, don't worry about it. It's just water under the bridge. I turned back around. I was so embarrassed at this time. And I, all I came in was for an ice cream. But I just wrote my message on pride. All I wanted to do, folks, was run. I was like, man, I'm out of here, dude. But I said, that's not who I am anymore. I don't run from trouble. I look at dead in the eye. I started loving on the people that had the kids and the horses. I don't tell you this story for my glory. This is who God has made me because I don't have any pride anymore. Christy, I started loving on those little girls. I started loving on that couple. We started talking about horses and barrel racing, and he said he helped in the arena. I said, man, I sure could use some help today. I'd really love it if y'all would come back. We talked for about 15 minutes, and, man, before we ended the conversation, we were great friends that day, yesterday. It was awesome. It was beautiful. I got up and I shook his hand and I said, I got a CD I want to give to you. I want you to listen to it. I want you to come back and visit us because I promise we got the best friendliest church in the whole wide world. 
And I stood up and I pulled my wallet out of my pocket. He thought I was going to give him a business card. I pulled a $100 bill out of my wallet. I walked over to the man at the table. And I laid it right there in front of him. And I said, sir, I wouldn't cheat you or anybody else out of a nickel. I said, I don't know what happened. I don't know if you're telling me the truth or not. But if you say it happened, I, I said, I, I don't know how that could have happened, but I want to bless you today. He said, no, 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 no. I said, yes, yes, yes. In my heart, I was saying, you've been going around for five years telling people I cheated you. Now I'm going to prove to you that I'm no cheat. Number one, I didn't want him to use my name or the church's name, but more than that, Jesus' name to keep him away from the throne of God. I gave him $100 that I didn't have. That was supposed to go for some other stuff. But it's not about me because I know that my God will supply back that tenfold because I was obedient to him. I told Mary, make sandwiches today. We can't go eat. But I promise you, I would have never done that. If it would have been me, I would have told those people, you ain't a good fit for our church. If it had been me, I'd have said, you're out of your stupid mind. Let's go out back. If it had been me, I'd have hopped into my ninja suit. I don't have no pride. I don't have no pride. God resists the pride. So when you argue over this or you argue over that or you want to fight over this and you want to fight over that or you want to stand up and be right all the time. Man, it hurt my heart. Hurt my heart that they would think that about this great church. It hurt my heart that they would think that about me because that ain't me anymore. Have I cheated people in the past? You bet I had. Ten years prior to getting saved. I could have fought for what was flesh. Or I could have said, devil, you're not winning here. So I chose to say, devil, you're not winning here. Now I'm done. Now I'm done. Listen, what would you have done? What would you have done? I see some of you bowing up your chest. We don't have to blow up our chest at God or anybody else. He helps us. I got on my motorcycle, and I took off, and I was trying to remember that car deal. Watch this. Pay attention. I was trying to remember that car deal, Todd. I, I, was, trying to, I was trying to figure out how that happened. It was another church member who was looking for a car for an 82-year-old mother. I remember now that the guy had an old Oldsmobile. I saw it on the side of the road, and I looked at it. I checked it out. I called that church member and said, I found a car that I think will be good for your mother. Come over here and look at it. The guy wants $2,000 for it. She came over there. She looked at it, and she paid the man. I never gave him nothing. Maybe she miscounted. 
but it was always, always, and it's always going to be you that the devil's going to try to get to stumble and lose your way. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Mr. Johns, that was tough. And then looking back on it today and being able to share this with you and ask you, what would you do? Do you want to get to God? Or do you want to stand your ground? Stick your chest out. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're good, Richard. We're good. What would you do? First Peter 5, 5 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Listen to me. Every time you think I can do it better or I'm better than everybody else, you're destroying what God is doing in your life. Hear me today. So I want to talk to you today before you leave. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything else but give your pride away. I don't want you to come forward. I don't want you to stand and make a move. All I want you to do in your spirit is give away your pride this morning. Can you do that? Because my desire before I got in here this morning was that none of these people that came today ever get resisted from the Lord. So can you give your pride away this morning? Maybe you got this reputation you've been carrying around. Give your reputation to God. Maybe you're fighting in your marriage and you hadn't spoken in several days. Give your pride to God. Is that marriage worth saving? Maybe you got something against one of your kids. Maybe you're fighting with your sons or your daughters. Maybe you're fighting with your siblings or an aunt and uncle. Give your pride to God today. That is all I want, Brother Richards, for them to give their pride to God. It ain't easy to give it away. But you'll be so glad you did. So I'm going to ask you right now to give your pride to God. At this time, just say, Lord, you have my pride. It's not about me, Lord. It's about you. Give your pride away to say, Lord, it's not about me. It's about you. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, pray with me right now. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you with all my heart. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you. If you need to rededicate your life back to the Lord, do that this morning. Just say, dear Lord, I rededicate my life back to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.